Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And today we are joined by a very, very special guest. It's Zoe Mellon. Hello. Uh, we are going to get more into the episode, discussing Zoe, Zoe's love of Buffy, mm. what Zoe does in the world, <laughs> which is how I describe introducing someone. Sure. <laughs> Uh, but really quickly, we're back. We've been away for two weeks because, Chris, you were traveling. I was, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, the summer heat just slowed everyone down. The summer heat did slow everyone Let's down. Let's blame it on that. No, yeah, I was on the East Coast visiting family, and I am back now. Great. In the desert. Yeah, right here while we are baking under the hot sun of the summer of Riley, which is something we're doing right now, just so you know, oh. Zoe, which is everyone's talking about their opinions of Riley. Although we're about to get into the fall of Finn. We're about to get to the fall of Finn after September 22nd. Because mm-hmm. so. we'll still be talking about him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'll still be very much around. All right, well, anyway, uh, we're going to discuss one of my favorite episodes and one of the best episodes of Buffy, Hush. Mm-hmm. So let's head right on to the library. Okay, oh, the nice air-conditioned uh, library. Uh, it's cooler in here. Respite. <laughs> we might even want to tell them to turn it down a bit. Yeah, it's very... In fact, it might get so cold that, like, in 20 minutes, maybe we'll take a break and um, go stand in the heat for a little bit. Mm. Right. Just to remind ourselves that there is relief from this frosty hell. (laughs) (laughs) Go freeze in hell. Uh, Zoe, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course. Zoe is an actor and improviser living in Los Angeles. Yeah, it sums it up. Is there anything else you want me to pitch? Pitch? As you, like... Pitch, your... I would love to be an astronaut. Pitch it. Okay, great. Um, and also, Zoe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are also not only um, well-versed in uh, astrophysics, mm. but also you're completely physically fit. <laughs> You've got 20-20 vision. Mm. Uh, and, and, you, and you love floating. I do. I do. Um, absolutely, yeah. I started floating specifically at a very young age, and you know, I had a little dip off in college because I got a lot of ridicule. But, oh, you know. God, I'm so Ugh, kids. Yeah. Children kids are so, so cruel. Yeah. Just, well, they stop. But yeah. I found in my, you know, my, mid, my mid-20s that it's, uh, you know, I'm proud of who I am. So That's great. Embrace it, and uh, hopefully you'll get that astronaut job. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that one, uh, uh, less feasible. Who, yeah. How many people become become an astronaut, you know? <laughs> Do you get callbacks uh, from astronaut auditions, or are they just like, are you like, I don't audition? Like, just cast me as an astronaut to go into space and do real science. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, some some actors are like, I'm not going to audition, but you just have to hire me. Right. I I think maybe that's once they're already successful. Oh, so, okay. What do you have, like, a track record of being right. an astronaut? Offer <laughs> only? Yeah, it's like pay or play yeah. <laughs> in space. Mm-hmm. It's like Parker plays. I live by Omar. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that was a great little shout-out. You can watch on Disney XD app. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be off. Uh, all right. Well, it is uh, getting nice and frosty in here, so let's go ahead and just speed on through. Um, we are going to be discussing uh, Hush, the episode of Buffy, where there is very little dialogue because uh, the writers of Buffy the Vampire Slayer were criticized for relying on dialogue and their stylistic dialogue a lot, and they were just like, all right, we'll write an episode that doesn't even need dialogue. Take that. Yeah. Idiots. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is how everyone talked in the late 90s. Uh, and so this is the episode, but let's say, I don't know, like you were too busy joining 
I don't know, like a Wicca like fundraiser group that just raises money for themselves. Or I don't know, let's say you were too busy building what looked like a stake gun but turns out to actually shoot electricity. Or let's say you were just outfitting some of your closest and best monkeyish friends for straitjackets and you didn't mm-hmm. have time to watch the episode. Well, don't worry. Chris Momonte is going to catch you up in five easy, not-so-silent sentences. So, Chris, take it away. Buffy has a dream and sight clash in which her and Riley are making out. So she decides, you know what, Riley, I'm down. I'm into it. I am gonna maybe see if this is uh, someone I could go on a date with, but she is freaked out because she's always gotta tell a lie about what she's doing. But Riley also, unbeknownst to Buffy, is doing the same thing on his end, trying to keep the secrets of his militaristic background and job with the initiative. One. Wow, you packed a lot into that first (laughs) sentence. A lot of butts in there. <laughs> Not, you know, a lot of, like, transitional butts. Right. Transitional butts. Transitional butts. Um, <clears throat> Willow joins a Wicca group, except they don't really seem to want to be practicing the Wicca that she's into. They just want to be having... Uh, and just want to be having bake sales and, and kind of casual events and prayer ceremonies, except there's one who seems to be into what Willow's into. Someone named Tara. Two. A group of fairy tale creature monsters called the Gentlemen steal the voices of everyone in Sunnydale so that they can collect seven hearts out of people's chests and everyone in the town wakes up with their voices gone with the Scooby gang scrambling around trying to understand what the hell is going on and is this something we can actually stop? Okay, so hold on, really quick, you gave an entire sentence to the B plot of the episode, <laughs> and then crammed all of Act Two into one <laughs> sentence. Great, three. Giles forgoes his normal books about demonology and pulls out a fairy tale book where he discovers that the gentleman creatures who can be defeated but only by the screaming voice of a princess and Buffy goes out on the town with her weapons to try to find and fight them and gets caught up in a clock tower where she's fighting the gentlemen as they're stealing people's hearts around town and Willow is running from them and the whole everyone is freaked out as these gentlemen are doing their dark magic but Buffy's not alone, as Riley is also fighting them inside of the clock tower. Four? Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Buffy and Riley defeat the gentleman as Buffy realizes that there's a tiny little box from the dream that she had in the first scene, and she has Riley smash the thing, giving her back her voice, and Buffy screams, making all the gentlemen's heads explode, and the, sa- the town of Sunnydale gets their voices back, but Buffy and Riley sit down in Buffy's room because they have something to talk about. <laughs> Five. There it is. That's the episode. That's the episode. <laughs> Great episode. Yeah, so great uh, great episode. Uh, easily one of my favorites. What about you guys? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I specifically wanted to talk about this episode, so I like it. You were chosen over Everyone we hundreds know. of guests. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
Like, not hundreds of people who asked us. Right. But just the list of people that could have been on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hundreds. Like, yeah. There are hundreds of people in the world. Yeah. And you At least hundreds of people <laughs> in the world. At least hundreds. I mean, I've gone around and counted a few times, and I just, at some point, yeah. just call it a day. That's exhausting. It's like, at least a few hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I love this one. I think it's one of the most, like, uh, I think we've talked about this in the past, like, the like the platonic ideal of of things, you know? When like this is like the ontology of Buffy. Yeah. This mm-hmm. Doppelgangland, um, to me those are just kind of like the clearest, they're clean, the, it, there's never a dull moment. It has like the Buffy dialogue, but it's not it doesn't cross into like grown territory. It all just sort of like flows and doesn't right. stop. Like in season two when they when the writers start to get into that style of language <clears throat> there are times where it's like kind of cringy. Right. Uh, and I think especially as we're watching it back and this one I think it just works. And just like the way that it cuts through and the way that the score plays off of even just specific actor reactions. Mm-hmm. Like there's one moment where like it it's like where everyone's learning that their voices are gone and it goes into like Xander and Spike's basement and just like the way that like the music and the drums swell in matching with like Xander's actions. I just think it's a very enjoyable thing. It is. a Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You, you um, I don't want to give away too much personal information, mm. but you went to a school that was featured in the episode. Um, Can I did. I yeah. What? Why? Why would I don't know. I don't know. I'm ashamed deeply. <laughs> you went to UCLA. I did. It's always fun. It's just in this season. Well, obviously not just, but this season's great because I'm. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I went to school there, but it's also a little. I'm a little like, gotcha, because that's not a dorm. That's not. That's that's a library. You know, like I know what that building is, and you're making it look. Oh, so when they like cut to dorm, exterior dorm, yeah, you're like exterior like, lies. Oh, that's actually a humanities <laughs> building, so. <laughs> Which, granted, I don't really know what it was in the '90s, but I figure it was not a dorm. But that's my take. Uh, if they, what if they tricks. tore down the dorms and then made it into humanities, and they're just like, really, like we need actual classrooms? They're like, nope, you got a kitchenette. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you, while you were on campus, did you ever feel like you were in an episode of Buffy? Uh, <clears throat> well, honestly, I don't really know when I first watched Buffy. I think I first watched it my senior year of college. Whoa! So while you're on your way yeah. out, you started. Uh, yeah, I started appreciating it. And for some reason, I hadn't even known that it was shot there, and I, it was such a delightful surprise. It was like, wait, I'm there right now. <laughs> this is crazy. That's wild. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's how I felt watching a lot of Boston movies while I was in Boston. It was really weird. Yeah. That's as far as I'm going to go oh. with that. I don't know. It got really I was just weird. like, oh, wait, I'm in the place of the movies. <laughs> yeah. Am I in the movie? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, there's like that one shot, like scene where Tara's running around. Right. And that is so much of just like running around the lawns of UCLA. It's like blatantly UCLA. Yeah, yeah it's like right around Bruin Walk. Um <laughs> Specifically, for which, the, oh, oh, sorry. I was going to ask for the folks who might not know what Bruin Walk is. What's Bruin Walk? Bruin Walk is just the main path that you may traverse when, you know, going from North Campus to South Campus. So. It, are there any painted or impressed 
paw prints? A couple. <laughs> A few. So uh, what made you want to come on this episode of all of them? Oh, gosh. I don't have a lot of fruity language to talk about. Oh, why you can I use like those it. $2 words. But I just connected to it. But, you know, to be honest, it it's nice watching an episode that, like, utilizes the time well. Like, it didn't feel like there was any excess that they were just, like, dabbling with. It all felt very to the point. It was like, you don't need to talk to get across a good story, and I respect that. That's a great answer. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, I feel like the episode, so much is done in the Giles, uh, like, what's the word? Power, not PowerPoint. What do you call that? The slow, well, it's the a slideshow. The overhead projector. Yeah, the overhead, yeah. The Giles overhead projector scene. What is it called? What is that called? I think it was just Scanned? called. Scanned? I think it was just called the overhead projector. But no, that specific, it was like a light board or something? No, what was what? it? It's a thing because my chemistry teacher I know we used to use them all the damned time. Yeah. The, it'll, it's, I, it's, it's got something dumb. It's got, because like the sheets themselves, the plastic yeah. sheets, you have to buy the certain kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're called something. They're called like scan throughs or something like that. I yeah. I remember whenever I got to use that projector as a kid, I felt Incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Was it because of Buffy, or were you just in general? No, I, I came to find out that they used them in Buffy much later. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love, so I love that scene. It's like, I think it's, it's a great episode, but that specific scene, I think, is one of the greater scenes in the whole series. Because yes. it's so silly. I think it kind of represents the tone of Buffy so perfectly, mm. and that it's grim, but it's comedic, and it's communal, and they all sort of, each character is just so much themselves, and I feel like the funniest thing is just the level of detail that Giles spent on the drawings. The scantrons. They're yeah. not scantrons, right? Scantrons are something else. No, scantrons uh, are what you take tests on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so the not scantrons. <laughs> the not scantrons. Definitely I think the, not clean, scantrons. the clear sheets. Yeah, so you take a yeah. scantron and you bleach all the visible parts of it. Mm-hmm. And you you're change left. The, the general mm-hmm. makeup. A of little the bit paper of alchemy. The plastic. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, um, I think you're totally right that this is like a an iconic season four episode in that way because uh, what I love about seasons one through three is it feels like all of Sunnydale goes through these things and that's the thing mm-hmm. I like about fairy tales and like these older sort of like urban myths right yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like everyone got to experience a thing and like nowadays I feel like we get like I don't know like UFO settings and stuff or kind of like lights in the sky and everyone had that experience even from different angles we all shared a story and mm-hmm. shared a moment and I feel like with vampires on the campus, it's a little tough to figure that out exactly because it's a, it's a little bit more you know closed in. Mm-hmm. This was something that everyone at UC Sunnydale that year can be like, remember that time? Yeah. <laughs> and there's we something... all got laryngitis. We all got laryngitis. Like I feel like, <laughs> yeah. Oh god, the laryngitis outbreak that like at no point later will they justify or be like, yeah, we solved all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we test everyone in Sunnydale for laryngitis? Don't. It doesn't matter. Right. It's like whenever something insane that would make the press happens in either Buffy or Angel, there's always an acknowledgement in the press just to be like, don't wor- don't think about it too much. Yeah. Because if you do, then all of this falls apart. It's a little bit like one of those like seeing eye posters where like if you 
step back for a second, you see a sailboat. Mm-hmm. But then if you step back even more, you're like, it's not a sailboat. No, it's just a bunch of squiggly lines. Yeah. 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 I thought you meant the, the paintings where the eyes move. Oh, <laughs> those? A seeing eye poster. No, those are I on the surface. To, and I was like, ooh, tell me more about how that relates. <laughs> It doesn't. Uh, you don't know what's so looking yeah. at you until you see it looking at you. you feel... It stares back into your soul. Yeah. Did you ever have something like that growing up, Zoe, where like your whole community experienced something and that is like just something from that like time period or that year or something that everyone talks about? Hmm. Uh, gosh. Feel like there was one 420 when I was in high school where it's just like a big group of kids got super stoned, mm-hmm. and then around that time, ev- like everybody was freaked out that marijuana was just this horrible epidemic. <laughs> Everyone's that catching was, marijuana. That was sweeping the <laughs> sweeping the youths, and I was like, I think people have been granted I didn't smoke at all in high school, but. I was like, I think this has been going on for a while. This may not be what you're talking about, but it's what my mind went to of just, like, mm-hmm. uh, at least parents' perceptions of what everyone was doing. No, uh, so you guys had, like, a marijuana scare. Yeah, a little bit, and it, it became a big deal. Like, backpacks were being searched oh, randomly. Oh, that's a huge thing? Yeah, at the oh, school. Wow. And, and I was like, Just because of marijuana? Yeah, you dumbasses. Why would you all get high and go to school? Like, you're going to get caught, and everybody's going to get in trouble. <laughs> It's crazy. There was an, there was um, a case in my old middle school where uh, three students, I believe it was three students, did ecstasy, mm. and then at one point in one of the class, and this is really freaky. Now as an adult looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is as a teacher I would have lost it. But like they were like, I need water, and they're like freaking out, and like one of the teachers like recognized the symptoms of ecstasy and was like, we need to get them to the hospital, we need to keep them hydrated, like they're starting to panic. Um, but I remember as a kid just being like, what? Like, it was history class. It was specifically someone's history class. And I was like, ecstasy during a history class? Of, like, all things, like, at, if anything, I mean, don't. But if anything, like, home ec, you know? Home ec. Because it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> it doesn't. It's dumb. You, I feel like, if anything, like, dance class. You had uh, dance class in high school? You had dance or class? We had a dance unit. A dance unit in Where all the kids had to dance one-on-one with each other. I feel what? like that would be the worst because you're definitely going to get caught. It was a little awkward. Did you guys gender um, pair? Did, was it gender heteronormal? Pair. Heteronormal gender pair. Was it 50-50 or were there compromises? Girls and boys. But like, was it every girl had a boy, every boy had a girl? Or like, was it sometimes like you guys had to Shakespeare it up? You know what? I didn't have any particular instances where I saw that. So as far as I know, it was just heteronormative boys on this side girls on that side everybody do-si-do except it was the waltz (laughs) oh right you did the waltz it was like a half waltz a half waltz like a half Windsor knot (laughs) but it was a little weird now that I look back on it that we were all like having these like like dances yeah I think these orchestrated like dance moves and being forced to dance with each other it was a little awkward because what do you think of this? I don't. Well, well, we also did dance. At least in middle school, we did uh, we did square dance. Okay. As a like a part of high school, and I I mean not middle school. I just said middle school, but girls definitely had to pair up together because there's often a, a majority female, you know, imbalance. I in the world recall that too. In the yeah, world. yeah. and well, I, I yeah. always remember there was just there was one that uh, went. Uh, 
swing your chili pepper. Like, there were these recorded things, but this one very specifically used that kind of terminology, and I'll just, yeah. Don't see do your enchilada. Those either mean nothing or mean way too much. I mean everything. <laughs> swing your chili pepper. What, is that like a reference to a butt? I don't know. I think it, they were just trying to spice it up. Literally. That's what it is. That's what it is. Hey, Philip, I really want to spice up these lyrics. Should I make them like sexual? Nope. Just name food. Specifically. <laughs> name Hispanic. Yeah. <laughs> Northern American food. Uh, uh. One that I might think of actually, in terms of that feeling of like looking out into the hall, and without making. Sorry, without making this about this, because we are recording this on September 11th. Yeah. Mm. Kind of 9-11, in the sense of, I remember being in my high school, and being in the hallway, and just looking around, and everyone was like, it was just, something was happening. Yeah. It was like, there was a weird buzz, and it took me like, five minutes of walking through class, I was like, I feel like everyone's talking about something in a weird way. Yeah. And then my sister came up and told me what happened. Um, but in terms of a group experience of everyone being like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? Um, that was kind of like when they're all in the hallway. And then, right. you know, when Buffy checks her and Willow talk and they're not speaking and then she opens the door and everyone's just like together freaking out. That's maybe a... Similar. That's definitely that a collective. Be, yeah, a collective yeah. trauma event. Yeah, a collective trauma. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this episode marks a lot of important things too, like the first appearance of Tara. Yeah, that's yes. the first time we meet her. And the, uh, how do you guys feel about that Wicca circle? <laughs> Honestly, if I may speak honest, please, please, by all means. I don't want to. I don't want to obsess over this for the rest of our podcast. Obviously, it's something we discussed last week, but. Um, a lot of that stuff in a post-recent Whedon events world mm-hmm. is, I kind of ingested a little differently. In terms of, like, why you hate him so much? Kind of like, uh, this feels a little problematic in retrospect now. Maybe it was before, but it's like, okay, now it's like, since Joss wrote and directed this episode, and so his Wicca circle is a little, I think, unfair to those characters. Like, it's, like, kind of mocking them. Uh-huh. Like, who poured wax all over my women power shrine? Right. You know? that Now that scene it makes me feel a little icky. Okay. Although I think that the my favorite line is, of course, and then we're going to get on our broomsticks and ride around on our broomsticks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the, clever. The poetry of it. It's yeah. almost an internal rhyme until you realize it's literally the same word. <laughs> yeah. But it's, and I get what it's doing. It's trying to be like, hey, the wanna blessed bees, they're a thing and they're like that and they're like this. And that, you know, Tara and Willow connect by not being that and being actually, uh, you know, spell casters. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that now my perspective is. Those people are being spiritual, and who are you to mock them? Even though they're fake people that you invented. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Zoe? Um, I don't know that I would look upon it so harshly. I, I just, I feel like, you know, since the days of old, there have been the phonies, you know? 
the people who are just posers and like this is just a classic case of people specifically college students like mm-hmm. they think they know so much and it's just like shut up <laughs> yeah. shut up you don't know anything and it's like what is this freshman year it's freshman year they're, i don't know that they're freshmen but anyway that's how i don't i don't know i was like these people are just trying to do something cool and they'll probably evolve out of it after yeah. college yeah it's like those people who well i don't know they're trying to have a thing yeah they're just trying to have a thing like sororities didn't work out so they're like i'm gonna try wicked group right right <laughs> that's yeah i uh was very much witchy in high school into college you were witchy i was witchy oh my yeah um yeah. full-on that's it, great. Yeah, full on, tried to float a pencil, and I was like, oh, that's a TV thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, my, my biggest peeve about sort of um, circles like that and stuff like that happening, like a lot of those discussions, is when people take uh, authority in that way. I think that's like my favorite thing about that scene, it's just like, uh-huh, you uh, you really think you know what you're talking about when they don't know what they're talking about? Yeah. And then Willow's the one who knows what she's talking about? Yeah. And it's just, like, this is a thing where, like, we've removed this, like, patriarchal figure of God, mm-hmm. if you've come from that background or whatever, right? And it's, like, we just believe in, like, what exists in nature, and that's where we take, like, signals from, and that's where we look for, like, guidance and pathways and we don't believe that people can tell other people what to do. Mm. And if you don't believe that, we will tell you what to do because I am yeah. the one telling you. And it's like that irony there. It's like, yeah. it's like absolutely nuts to me. And that's my favorite thing about that scene, personally, where it's just like, yeah, this is uh, somewhat accurate to my experiences in that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they are definitely really mean. Like rewatching this time, I was like, wow, they're assholes to Tara. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah, they're very mean. I would love to know the backstory. Of that, like, what? Yeah. Is, what happened where they were like, "This girl needs to be taken down a peg." Was it like we'll use coconut oil in replacement of milk? And then Tara was like, "Actually, in order to do that, you're gonna have to add." And they were just like, mm, "Did you talk?" Because I got this recipe off of the internet, which is a reasonably new thing right now. Yeah, I yeah. just worked my way up through this Wicca group. <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, it is a ladder. <laughs> I don't mean to make it about no, 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 but that's yeah. But it is, I it was my honest reaction this time through, and I've never I've seen Hush probably a million times, (laughs) and this was the first time I ever had that thought. It has. How do you? Let's talk about that really quickly with you guys right now, Um, uh, because I do feel like there is sort of reframing, but I feel like almost of, and this might be less. I I really don't want to project, but it might be less for you, Zoe, than it is for us. Because uh, Joss was like this, this golden child of male feminism. Yeah. And they're just like, look, if you like Buffy, then you can't do any wrong. It's like, just be like Joss. And you can never get criticism for anything. And if you're a feminist, like, you're untouchable. Which is like, I feel like was a mentality I was in for like a, like a, a good amount of time. Like, not definitely recently, like the last few years. But like, definitely in college... And when I was learning about feminism, I was just like, well, I'm a male feminist, so I'm infallible. Uh, (laughs) I was never necessarily that confident, Mm -hmm. but it was through Buffy and the idea of male feminism that I first kind of just like, you know, declared that that's what I 
that I am. Yeah. I didn't know that that would, you know, when I was a little kid and I didn't necessarily get those concepts put in front of me that much and you're growing up around a bunch of boisterous boy bastards mm. and then eventually <laughs> the BBBs. The BBBs. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, totally. So the reframing of such is, you know, how do you write women in an accurate way that isn't inappropriate? And Joss always seemed like he was someone who he would look to for that. And now in the reframing in a post what happened just recently world, you know, the Xander comments come through a little, like what Xander says to Anya you know, yeah. it's like, wow, you really did turn into a real girl. Like, when stuff like that comes through now, it just sticks. It always stuck out. Like, even when listening to Buffering and Hellmouthy, the other Buffy podcasts, they, like, I mean, we were hard on Xander as well going through our first few years. Yes. Everyone, it seems, like, I read an article that I think Hellmouthy shared that was, like, a, like you know, the, pro- the problematic legacy of Xander Harris. Because Xander has a lot of sketchiness throughout. It's like, you know a lot of just shaming and entitlement and, you know, comments like he Mm -hmm. made to Anya. Anyway, I feel like you were still in the middle of a thought there. Oh, no. I mean, I guess I was just going to extend the question out in terms of how has uh, the recent news, which, again, we're not like a gossip podcast. We don't go like 100% into it and everything. Mm -hmm. But has, has it reframed your understanding or perception of Buffy Specifically, let's say even this episode, and if so, how? Or if not, you can just say no. <laughs> I suppose. Um, I think maybe I wasn't as. I don't know. This might be too controversial, but I'll I wasn't as mad at Joss as some people. Mm-hmm. Because uh, just the way I took it, like I haven't delved into it. I don't know all the the dirty deets or anything. The DDs? The DDs. <laughs> I don't know all the DDs, but I don't... It's tough, because for me, I feel like you can still be a feminist and be bad at relationships. Like, I don't I don't necessarily those mm-hmm. as sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. super connected, so I, it's not affecting me as much, because I'm like, yeah, he was a really shitty husband. <laughs> like, very bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that him having dysfunction in his love life means that he can't care about women like I've said things that I shouldn't have and I'm like well I'm doing this that that has more to do with my internal like psyche and all that dirty grimy stuff that than like what I actually think about things on a on a you know intellectual level so yeah it hasn't really been affecting me as much if it came out that he was like doing heinous things you know like other people celebrities yeah. <laughs> of recent but it seemed very yeah. contained to like his relationship so yeah. I don't I don't know I'm which people no, are allowed good, to disagree no with, I think course. that's a good response I think I, that's a great response I think that there is like a thing um, where it's like if you simplify any thought process especially and I kind of I don't know I'm, I'm, I don't want to like I know that like the way I'm saying this is going to probably come off like a way that I'm not exactly intending mm-hmm. um but, like, I do think there is a difference between feminism and male feminism. Um, and I do think that male feminism still falls... The biggest thing is it still falls into the trap of pedestal pudding. And it's, for the most part, putting, like, women on a pedestal, which almost, like, loops back into, like, not being feminist, like, at all. It's, right. like, still objectifying. Still yeah. separating right. the sexes. Yeah, right. It's still just being, like, no, you don't touch her. Like, or, like, you know, and, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you... Yeah. 
I feel like a, a feminist stance is like, what do you want to do? But also, let's explore... This, this is too... Just mystery person. Uh, <laughs> like, what do you want to do? Uh, and also, let's explore, like, the cultural language that influences our internal decisions and see what mechanisms are going there, who benefits, uh, who is getting hurt by it, and stuff like that. Whereas I feel like a lot of male feminism and, like, a lot of, like, guys I know who are just like, I'm definitely a feminist, or just like women shouldn't wear headscarves. And I'm just like, okay, I don't think that's your decision. Like, you shouldn't right. tell women what they yeah. can and can't wear. That's literally what this is all about. Yeah, and I, and I think we hold a lot of the fault, too, for putting him on this crazy pedestal to begin with. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, like, granted, he has given lots of speeches and such about feminism, but I don't know. I don't know that he asked to be the poster child for male feminism, necessarily. Yeah. He, he, he did a bit. I think it's like, I think that the line between gossiping versus analyzing the material in detail given new information mm. is how I'm trying to frame it. Rather than being like, hey guys, I'm like in this slump now forever <laughs> because of this information, even though it's very disappointing, it plays into an analytical narrative. Mm-hmm. Correct? Because mm-hmm. it's like Buffy has, there are so many classes across the country about. Buffy about Joss's work and I think that this now plays into the minutia of analyzing like what you're saying what it means to be a male feminist what it means for a you know self-declared male feminist to be writing strong female characters and you know I'm not necessarily saying I don't I don't, I don't mean to obsess over this but it's definitely for at least the time being my eyes can't unsee it right yeah it's a little bit like an angel thing that we can't talk about yet. Right. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. And, you know, looking to him as a role model and now feeling like that has, you know, right. changed. And, 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 and it's all the fans' fault for, we talked about this in the last thing, rallying around in this sort of, like, cult-type way. Yeah. Yeah. It's also reframed the way I look at culting. Right. Were you pro-culting before? Pro-culting. I mean, we pro-culting. Cult. We pro-culted we cult. a few cult? times. I cult. I cult frequently. I mean, we cult. We culted with Obama. Like, you know, I think that, not saying we, like like I, like mm-hmm. the way that we, yeah. at least I reacted to him and many people I was around during the Obama um, campaigns and presidency, he was a god. He was a god to many of us. Not like... You know, actually. But in a way, at least that first time around, it was like face everywhere. He is the Messiah. He is Luke Skywalker. He, you know. And so I think that just from now on forward, and now I'm going to make sure that as I support any other artist or candidate going further, that I check my culting at the door. Check. <laughs> check your culting. Please, this is the cult check. Uh, you can take this tag and come back later. Uh, yes, I will need that uh, Obama uh, Matrix mashup shirt <laughs> that says he's the one. Um. I, I've always been reticent to cult. I'm, I've been a skeptic since a very young age. Just, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like everybody loves this person. I'm like, yeah, but there's still a person. Like we're all just friggin' blood bags rolling around this planet. I've been saying that about Raymond. <laughs> For years. Raymond? Everyone Everybody loves, loves him. Oh. <laughs> but who doesn't? Blood bags. 
there's someone out there who he hath wronged. You Whoa. Know? But we haven't so, heard from them. Yeah, I'd and love that's the story. Spin-off. <laughs> the one who didn't love Raymond. <laughs> Tis I. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, which is probably why I'm not so upset. Because I'm like, I assumed he probably did shitty things. Right, right, because right. we all do. I, myself. I we would, all do. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe not as shitty. But who's to, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's what tough. would you say is like the shittiest thing you've done that you're willing to talk about on the podcast? Uh, I, I mean, uh... you can think about it. Gosh, we'll just sit here and wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just eyes bearing into me. What have I done? I don't, f- I, I don't know. I think I've told I've told lies. Oh my I've goodness! Told lies. Yeah, yeah. So there's, um, I don't know, like. It's tough. Lies in relationships. So maybe is why I'm, which I'm more like sympathetic toward people who have relationship problems because. Like, yeah, that happens. Uh, yeah, I see, like, how, I see how the sausage gets made. I've done bad stuff in relationships that I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done it, but I did because of yeah. because of love and <laughs> desire. <laughs> Speaking of lies in relationships, Riley and Buffy. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, big one. <laughs> big lie. Them both starting off on a lie. And I think it's interesting that they, that their first, like, are we having a relationship discussion is that awkward scene at the, I mean, obviously we'll see the rest of that scene. Spoiler alert. Um, Maybe. (laughs) We never come back to it. Uh, But them on the bed in the end. Mm Mm-hmm. This episode is is where it comes to a head and that they've been lying and deceiving each other. Buffy is accustomed to doing that. Mm-hmm. Her, the reason that Riley was refreshing was he was this Iowa good old boy and now he actually is keeping secrets from her as well. So Yeah, I think this is a huge turning point. I think that we're going to see the end of summer of Riley. I think we might we're gonna see the beginning of fall of Finn, and mm-hmm. I think we'll eventually if my predictions are correct. And we have a lot of comments to read, by the way. I know a lot of you have sent in comments and we're gonna get to them when we have a special because you have a lot of great feedback mm-hmm. that's been wonderful. Hashtag summer of Riley. Uh, hashtag fall of Finn. <laughs> I think there's gonna be a rise of Riley at the end. <laughs> I personally think there will be a rise of Riley. Um Spoilers. Uh, So the hand is getting close to the bell, and by the hand uh, and the bell I'm referring to, it is so hot. Uh, So let's start wrapping this up. But before we get to our extracurricular activity, I just want to ask you guys a question specific to this episode. Please. Because we had a wonderful discussion about many life things, which is the purpose of this podcast. Sorry if I derailed it with the jaw stuff. You can't derail a train that's going through life. Okay, great. Absolutely. Sorry that I say sorry so much, guys. Okay, that is something that really is uncalled for. I've got problems. Yeah. I've got problems. (laughs) Want to hear about him? You didn't see, but he just loosened his tie and smoked a cigar. <laughs> I got problems. <laughs> I got a whole lot full of them. You want them? 16,000, please. <laughs> I gotta get these things. I gotta move these pieces. Um, have you guys ever lost your voices? Um, In a literal sense. I'm not talking about, like, you became part of, like, a subterranean culture that doesn't get represented enough. <laughs> like, just <laughs> literally... Um, like, got an actual laryngitis? Yeah, got an actual laryngitis. Uh... This is a yes or no, so feel free Ooh. to let me down. Well, hmm? this might be somewhere I lied. I think I think I recall once lying that I had laryngitis to get out of something in college. <laughs> I don't remember specifically, but... How yes. did you got out of something? I, well, you know, I, I had, like, a voice class or something, and I was like, I... I can't. Can't. Oh, man. 
works. That's a lie. I recall it working. Great. Wow, so, so no, I haven't. But yes, uh, to that last one, the worst thing I did. What that was that the worst thing you did was lie about laryngitis in a relationship with a class. Yes. Yeah, the, my relationship to my own quest for knowledge. Whoa, I have cheated on that many a time, and God, do I regret it. God, I have tarnished that relationship. How about you, Chris? I used to go to punk shows with the goal of losing my voice because I thought it would make me seem cool. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I was like. Smoky voice. I was yelling at the punk show. Um, the worst, I've never like full on lost my voice. I definitely, I like sing a lot in things and I'm not trained in any way at all. So whenever we do like our fringe play in the summer, depending on the way my character sings and speaks, about halfway through the run, I'll be like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> I'm probably doing something wrong. It's like three seasons in a fringe. You've been like, this hurts, and I'm not going to... Ooh, I should probably invest in fixing this. But, oh, no, where's all the money? I don't yep. see it. Money is time, and where there's is so it? little of it. Yep. I am if one... you know where the money is, let me know. Show him the money. Show him the money. Show me the money. Omar, what about you? I am what they call a scarf sleeper. There are dozens of us. And what happens is in the wintertime, the temperature difference between your face and your neck is so different from your chest and where the blanket region is that the throat gets, like, it hurts. And so during the winter, it's lots of times I will lose my voice because of that. So then I started sleeping with a scarf to cover my... To remedy it. To remedy it. Mm. And it's it warms my neck. As a Why scarf Why am I describing should. a scarf? Listen, yeah. here's what a scarf does. <laughs> Oh my God. And I fixed it. And there's our bell, which means we're almost out of time and we're almost back in the wonderful air conditioning of the world outside of this fictional structure that we've created. Uh, but before we get to cool back down and rehydrate, because we've probably sweated out our body weight by this point, we're going to do something called an extra activity. We're going to make something up on the spot inspired by this episode. It could be anything, a local commercial, a jingle, a rap, a sketch, a bit, something. <laughs> <laughs> what should we do this week, guys? A Ma- silent yeah. movie <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> Whoa. That's good. Okay. A oh, silent. Kidding. You were kidding, and we took you seriously. Oh, brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a silent film on a podcast.
Do 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 do. And that's it. We did it, gang. We did a silent movie. And maybe you can out there in the world can tell us what you think happened. Because we know what we think happened. Oh yeah, of course. It's yeah, but based... I don't want to give it away. Right, yeah, exactly. Away. And if you're a Chaucer fan, I think that it's Absolutely. a little obvious. Oh, yeah, the, the themes were. The third act was revelatory. Mm. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, yes. The, yeah, yeah, the, uh, story yeah, and. Uh, hey guys, I just got the paper. <laughs> the review of our silent movie is in. What does it say? Faustian. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> oh, oh, you were saying Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our session. Thank you so much for joining us of our discussion of Hush, an episode with very little dialogue, and we're so glad that we got to talk about it. Zoe, thank you for joining us. Oh, I had a really quite a blast. Oh, great. We'll have to have you back on an episode when it's less hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, a couple of weeks in December? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> two weeks in December when it's just raining. That's it. It's yeah. just... Uh, Zoe, where can they find you if they'd like to see you perform and or find you on the internet? Um, I have a very small presence on the internet, so really just Instagram. Z-O-R-O-W-A. Um, preceded by an at. And uh, I also... I'm part of a team that hosts an improv show called uh, Community Pool. It's at the Clubhouse on Vermont. And we have a show every other Friday at 8. So, check it out. Go check it out. It's a really good show. It's a very good show. And I'm not biased in saying that. <laughs> <laughs> swimming lessons. Yep. <laughs> yes, the, the team is called Swimming Lessons. Oh, they, they know much about swimming lessons. Yeah. Uh, and check out uh, Swimming Lessons on Instagram. Because... Great. It's pretty active on Instagram. It's pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great Instagram account. If I say so yourself. Wait. Wait, what? That doesn't, I don't know how to direct <laughs> that. Chris, where can they find you? Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me as a Montioc on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, or on Thursdays on Hyper RPG, hosting the Gauntlet Dungeon Crawl RPG. Also on Tuesdays with Omar and Hellmouthy Podcast, doing our Buffy RPG on Hyper RPG. And you can find me with Robot Teammate, uh, that's Robot Teammate on Twitter. We are bringing our musical Turbulence. It's a like sci-fi Earth versus Mars racing around the sun sports comedy musical. Uh, that is going to be at the Soho Playhouse from October 13th to October 22nd. If you're on the East Coast, we'd love to see you. Uh, and yeah, and check out Hamiltoons. Hamiltoons is pretty much monthly now. If you do not have a Hamiltoons in your city, uh, hit up Hamiltoons LA and we'll teach you how to do one. Those are my things. Omar, what about you? I'm Omar. You can find me at Omar Najam. Also, I just started Instagram, guys. That's like an artsy Instagram to show oh. off my film stuff. Which are you is, actually going to use it? I'm actually using it yes. instead of Omar Lives in LA. Uh, Omar Najam Film. So go ahead and check that out. And I posted some pictures of my uh, experience at the Muppets Take the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, lots of artsy photos that I'll just be posting there. And also, you you can find me at youtube.com slash two broke geeks because guys in three days I'm kicking off 13 days 13 shorts in terms of us collecting ideas starting that all up Halloween starts this Friday I believe it's three days from now so check out youtube.com slash two broke geeks as well as just on Twitter I'll just post it don't worry and you can check out anything and everything Sunnydale study group related at SSG podcast on Twitter again that's at SSG podcast as well as Sunnydale study group on Facebook and on Instagram guys hashtag summer of Riley send us your thoughts as they're developing through season four because things are a changing mm -hmm. we'll be back next week when we're down in Los Angeles in the Central Library for an episode of Angel and we have a super huge announcement you're gonna hear a new ongoing voice on that series. That's pretty big. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for uh, for listening to us chat about Hush. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you then.
right, here we go. We're about to get started. Quick mind meld. Yep. See if we can get it in three turns. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Voice. Microphone. Eyeball, voice, microphone. Okay. Three, two, one. Face. Glasses. Oh. Face, glasses. Okay. All right, we have one more attempt. Ready? Three, two, one. Sight. Vision. <laughs> I thought, well, okay, so I was going to say vision, but you guys said sight, so I said vision. But I think, honestly, that so counts. 